Hi, I'm Diane. I'm Corey. And this is They Call It Church, a podcast about what we call church, what they call church, what God calls church, and everything in between. Okay, welcome back, everybody. So glad that you're able to join us again. Um, really excited today about our topic. Me too. Yeah, good to have you here today, Corey. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, what's today's topic? Authentic community or biblical community. Yeah, or, or are both. those the same thing? They might be the same. Authentic biblical community. Yeah, we'll kind of dive into that and we'll see. Yeah. So yeah, first of all, we and we kind of ended last week, sort of talking about God's heart for His people and his desire to dwell amongst them. And uh, we talked, talked about the unity in John. Yeah. John 17 and the asness, like as the father and Jesus are one, that's kind of the picture of intimacy that he wants us to have with one another. I mean, that's a pretty big statement. Yeah. That's very intense when you think about it that way. It really is. It really is. And so we kind of asked that question at the end, like, um, would you use those terms to describe the community that surrounds you? Yes. Yeah. So um, just kind of building off of that and diving a little more into community, maybe sharing some of our own experiences, uh, but that's the subject on the table today. So if someone were to ask you, how would you define this type of community that we're talking about, Corey, what would you respond to that? You know, I think that authentic community is real. Uh, I mean, that's kind of repetitive, but it's important. Like that's, that's what it means. And, uh, for me personally, like I find that I feel like I'm experiencing authentic community when I feel known. Yeah. That's really good. Like when I feel like the people around me, like really know me and they don't just know what I do or know me vaguely, or it's even deeper than like knowing my likes and dislikes, but Mm -hmm. like they actually get me and they get who I am. Yeah, like why you do the things you do. Exactly. Oh, that I yeah, I get that. Like you're right. you're operating out of that and that's I think yes. the other day you, we were talking about taxes and you said, "Oh, I know why it bothers you." You know, I okay, anyone who knows me for a while knows I have a little bit of an issue paying taxes yes. when you know the government is not operating very well in your state. Right. And so I'm always um, hearing her yeah. complain about the taxes and I don't totally relate partially because number 1, I don't have a job. Well, I do have a job. I watch children all day, but I don't get paid for that job. And two, I don't own property, so I'm not paying property taxes. So hearing the proper, uh, the complaints about the taxes, I never quite understood it. And then the other day I said, I understand why you don't like taxes so much. It's because you're generous. Yeah. And when you're giving and they're misusing it, that's just awful. Yeah. It's like it takes some of the fun out of that passion for generosity. And when she said that to me, I felt very known. I was like, yeah, I never even stopped to think about it myself. But I think that that was definitely part of it. Yeah. For sure. So that's what we're talking about when we say being known. Right. And people really getting you. So um, how much do you think in authentic community um, commitment plays into that? Like, what do you think, or let me, let me kind of build off of what we just shared. What goes into knowing somebody to that extent where you could connect a statement about taxes that seems very unrelated right? and then pull out that Christ likeness in the person and make that connection? Like, I think that, I mean, for one time is important, like putting in the time to build a relationship, especially at the beginning, um, once you've spent like a period of time with someone, I think that it's easier to go periods of time without talking or without talking very much. But 
we spent a lot of time getting to know each other. Yes. And commitment. Yeah, commitment. So I think about I think about time just talking about spending a lot of time together. I think you have to want people to know you That's as well because you can be around people a lot and not feel like you're known. Yes. And there might be some you know, fears related to why you don't let people know you, other people, you know, whatever. There's all kinds of reasons that you could spend time together and still not be known. So I would say it does take time Mm -hmm. and it does take commitment, but it also takes desire. Sure. That's a really good point. If you, if someone doesn't want community, you can't have community with them. Right. You can't know someone if they don't want to be known. Right. So it's like it takes a commitment to that goal as well. Yeah. The goal of being known. The goal of being known and the goal of building the kind of church that Christ, you know, had in mind. Right. When, when he made that statement about oneness. Yeah. And really for me, like I'm committed to the church because I'm committed to Christ. Right. Like above all, above anything else, I'm committed to Christ and he has made it abundantly clear through his scriptures and just as I walked the Christian life that that's what he cares about. Right. And he cares that we have that kind of intimacy. Mm-hmm. And I don't, um, I kind of see like community and then having that goal of recognizing that unity and intimacy, apparently they're very important to Christ because it's like what he had on his mind right before he right. went to the cross. This was the most important thing that, yeah. that the world would know that he was from heaven and that that was going to happen through the way his his, his children and his people treated each other right. and the relationships that they had. So yeah, that's definitely, um, the root of it. So being committed to Christ's heart for the church, I think is a big part that's of it. That's a very good way to put it because I'm not committed to, honestly, like I'm not committed to a goal of like getting to know that person. Like I'm committed to getting to know you because I'm committed to the church and right. to Christ school of the church, and I care about you. Right. Like, it's all connected. It's all in that connected, it's not, yeah. exactly. Because we do see community apart from Christ yes, as well. Yes. I mean, I, you know, you watch, I just think of, you know, football games, and you watch, I don't really watch football, but I did watch the Super Bowl this year. Right. Yeah. Oh, I wow. think I asked, I do like bowls and salads and things, so I'll, <laughs> I'll give the Super Bowl a shot. So I'm not like a big football fan, but, you know, I kind of noticed you know, they're all slapping each other's butts and high-fiving and, yeah. you know, they kind of have, I mean, they, they seem like they have some right. pretty serious community right? in their it's commitment true. to their goal, which is to win this game right? Um, and to be the best. So, so I think it's interesting because I know that football players, I don't know much about football, but I know they switch teams. Yeah. And so I'm sure that there's been a player, like they can be really good teammates one time and yeah. then they switch teams and now they're playing against each other. Right. And that when the goal changes... Yeah. Like when your goal and your commitment is now to a different team, like you don't have that community with that person anymore. Yeah. And that really shouldn't be true for the body of Christ, even though I feel like that does happen with denominational uh, lines and things like that. But when we're committed to Christ in a person, I think it goes way beyond the denominational lines or anything like that. That's Because our goal never changes. That's really good. Our goal is always unity with that person. Because I'm... I know that I've had this experience where you're attending a church and then you switch churches Yeah. and you lose all your friends right? because they're committed to their church and you're committed to your church and they don't really cross paths, even if you have good intentions. It's true. And so it's true. We've had that happen as well. 
that idea of being committed to the Christ in the other person. Right. That's big. And committed to the goals of Christ as a, and, and committed to even the person themselves yeah. in Christ as opposed to being committed to an organization mm-hmm. or being committed to an event or, um, yeah. So that, you know, if we're, we never leave team Jesus, yes. you know, yeah. we never switch teams. Like right. we're always Hopefully. on the same team. Right. Uh, so yeah, that's really good. That's great. Um, so commitment definitely plays a role. And then I would, I would kind of up that in as far as kingdom things. And I would say it's really more like covenant. It's more like you have this covenant relationship because, and the covenant doesn't mean it's not like a marriage covenant where now I'm going to walk with this person for the rest of my life. Cause yes. obviously there's more freedom in Christ than that. Paul left and he went to other places and, and his covenant to the people that he brought the gospel to didn't change just because he left the city. Yes. So when I think of covenant, I think I'm committed to my relationship with you always being um, restored. That's good. So there's always this, I, I don't want to hold on to anything that would cause our relationship to be fractured. That's really good because sometimes different relationships have different priorities. You go through different seasons and that's all life. Like that's normal and that happens and you can still have like a committed relationship, a covenantal relationship, even if you might not be seeing them regularly. Right. And for me, very practically speaking, it means when I run into you at the grocery store, I don't pretend I didn't see you and duck down the freezer aisle while you pick out, you know, from the butcher section. Right. And me, um, the very extroverted, um, open person, it means that I go, oh, hi, yeah, how yeah. are you? You know, right. it, yeah. it's not just a casual, you know, yeah. conversation, but that I'm actually, like, actually have a desire to connect with you more and yeah, see you yeah. more. Even if it's for yeah. two minutes in the grocery store. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's great. Um, one of the other things that I feel like is really, really important when you're talking about a biblical community is that everyone belongs. And it's like an age and stage thing. Whatever age you are, whatever stage of maturity you are at, mm-hmm. you belong because Christ has accepted you. And... I don't know. How do you feel about that, Corey? I think it's important. Um, I started doing, I left like the institutional church and started doing house church stuff um, when I was 20 and single. And uh, I noticed that it was very hard for me to connect with people that were older or married um, and to feel like I still belonged. Right. Even though I wasn't in the same stage of life, um, there was one couple that had uh, adult children that were around my age, and I remember feeling like they understood how to talk to me and how to relate to me and right. things like that, and how, for me, that really like opened the door to getting to know other people in different ages and stages. Right. And for me, I, you know, just sort of being a product of the culture that you're raised in, uh, we, we do segregate all ages throughout our entire lifetime in the culture that we're in here in America. And I don't know if that varies state to state, but for sure it, it, we're in Illinois and our schools are all, you know, age segregated and, right. and it doesn't stop there. We see retirement communities popping up everywhere. And, you know, even yeah. like you want to take a class or something at the local YMCA and it's like, this one's for seniors and this one's for teens and this one, you know, right. it's like, well, we're just learning pottery. Why, why can't we just <laughs> right. all learn pottery together? You know? Yeah. And there's a place for wanting to be with your peers, 
But I think there's a huge emphasis on peer relationships in our yes. culture that's not biblical. It's just simply not biblical. Yeah, it's not the picture we see in the scripture. Uh, the picture we see in scripture really is family. Yeah. Family's kind of the picture of what the church, even the terms that are used in the New Testament, Paul, when he talks about um, how you should view, you know, older men or older women or younger men as moms and sisters. And um, those are the terms that are used because yeah. everybody, everybody has a family, yeah. you know, you, you, you kind of get that, even if it's dysfunctional, like you, right. you, you understand that, well, I belong to my family yes. because it's just right. my family. Like I just, you know, grand, great grandmother has a spot at the family get together, just like the newborn. Yeah. And they're all accepted and they're all, you know, even crazy Uncle Joe has a has <laughs> right. a place at the table, yeah. you know. And in a healthy family, at least, like, you're excited. You're yeah. excited to play with your two-year-old nephew, even if right. you don't like two-year-olds usually. Right. Right. So, yeah, I think when I first met Corey, because I had this cultural segregation, honestly, I thought, well, nobody who's 20 wants to talk to me. And so it was uh, kind of hard to break down that barrier initially in our relationship until the Lord told me that that's not his plan, that he wants everybody to belong because they belong to him and that he doesn't see Corey as two decades younger than me. He sees her as a lovely daughter and me as a lovely daughter. And we're there's sisters. Just, there, we're sisters. There's just no reason yeah. that we can't have a very solid friendship um, and then that really opened my eyes and then, I, you know, we kind of started to yeah. hang out and just pursue each other and just, you know, became friends. Yeah. She, she had a semi-permanent spot at my kitchen counter while I <laughs> prepped food yeah. and she talked and it was great. It was a lot of really good memories of that. So, and who knew it was going to turn into, uh, I know. Huh? you know, a lifetime together. So very exciting. Um, so kind of back to that idea of family being the model. Um, we kind of go into another part of community now that you might be in a family and you might be in a community that doesn't necessarily mean that it's healthy. Yes. We all know dysfunctional families exist. Yeah. And unhealthy communities, church communities or otherwise really right. are out there too. Right. So you might be experiencing community, but it's not community in Christ. It's yes. like community in kind of the, yuck, <laughs> right. for lack of a better term. Yeah. Um, so what would you, what would you say to somebody who said, well, I am in a Christian community, but it, I feel, I don't feel known. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I belong. I don't feel yeah. accepted for where I'm at in my stage of walking yeah. with God? Um, I think that the first um, step would be just to get healthy yourself. Yeah. Um, and I, it's interesting. It comes back to that idea of doing what you should that we yes, talked about before. Yes, I was just thinking the same thought. Um, you know, I How know we that, try to force those rules yeah, early. Like, yeah, I had a conversation with a friend who was part of a small group and she's like, I don't even know if I believe in God. And I can't tell anybody at my small group that I don't believe in God. And she would be rejected if she had told them that. I mean, maybe she wouldn't have. She she never, you know, was felt safe enough to take that step. Right. Um, But what would it look like 
you know, if she were to begin to get healthy and be honest with herself and, yeah. and honest with the relationships. Right. And, and that people were actually committed to her and loved her enough to let her go through that process. Yeah. And had enough faith that Father God was, like, he had it. He had her under, you know, yeah. he wasn't going to let her go. Like, yeah. without the fear. I guess without partnering with fear that they were going to be lost forever and end right. up in hell. Right, right. And so maybe she tells them, hey, I don't think I believe in God. And maybe she's kicked out of the small group. Well, you get two hours back on Wednesday night, you know, maybe. Right. You know, <laughs> good. But at least maybe you could uh, yeah. find something better to replace it with. Yeah. Um, but then it's sad because all that investment that you made in those relationships. Yeah. And, you know, it's sad. I mean, that does happen. Like you change your theology. Yeah. And that's the reason why people are kind of afraid to hear any teaching that doesn't line up with what they've always been taught. And right. I think behind that is a fear of rejection. Yeah. Um, and that's sad because unlike, unlike a family, you know, in a church, you kind of have to all believe the same and do the mm -hmm. same and straighten yourself out and walk straight in order to be accepted. Whereas in a family, you know, nobody expects the four-year-old yeah. to operate at the same level of dignity at the kitchen table as the, you know, 25-year-old. Right. So, uh, if you think about, I think about me just as a new baby Christian coming into a Christian community and I was, you know, I was living a totally secular, mm -hmm. um, I would say a, a, just a normal life, like to party and stuff like that, but not, not to the extent where I was going to end up, you know, you weren't crazy. And I wasn't like, yeah, I wasn't going to be in the gutter or anything, but just a typical life and typical language that goes with that life. And felt like the Lord really wanted me to clean up my language, but I hadn't gotten the term, oh my God, out of my vocabulary. Yeah. And this is like, you know, four months into my walk and someone's like, you have to stop saying that or I can't hang out with you. And I was like, I hear you. Well, I didn't know it was a commandment at the time. It might've been helpful had that gotten mentioned. I don't know. But I thought, gosh, I'm getting a lot stronger language out of my life than that right now. Right. And I'm actually calling out to God when I say that. And I actually have the real God now, you know? Right. So it was kind of hurtful to feel like I had to meet this standard or I was going to get cut off. Right. And that happened pretty early in my walk. Yeah. That's, yeah. I think a lot of people have that similar Yeah. Experience. You kind of get that, learn to behave and then you belong. Right. When it's the opposite with our families. Like, yeah. you're born, you belong. You're in. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's got to deal with it. Right. <laughs> um, but that's another part of it, too, is learning how to deal with those members in your family that are not as healthy as others. Because yeah. we are all at different places in our walk. We all have different desires, different levels of desire for commitment and intimacy. Um, although I will say I do believe that God designed us for his church and for himself. Yeah. And so regardless of how somebody presents themselves, I do have a very strong foundational belief that says we were designed for community yeah. and connection. I think that's really important because if you don't believe that you're designed for community and connection, then you won't understand the priority of pursuing it. Yes. And when something comes up, it's going to fall away. Yes, exactly. Um, so before we talk about like steps you can take to start to develop healthy community, I just want to talk a little bit about the difference between connection and okay. community, because I hear this a lot. I hear people that are in traditional church settings say, oh, but I have community because I go to a small group and, you know, that's my community and they bring me meals when I have a baby and they're always there for me and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, that's great. Um, I would just say, that, that sounds more like connection. 
to me. Like you're, you're meeting with a group of people and you're connecting with them. Yes. But community to me is something that happens in the days, day to day of life. Um, I often, I'm, I'm part of a couple of groups like that. And I would say that they're, they're fun and I definitely experience connection there. But I often feel like I have to step outside of my normal life to participate in them. Right. So they're like removed from my actual community. Right. And, you know, the difference just being the level of intimacy, I think, that you can achieve in those environments is a little bit, uh, it's not as multifaceted. Right. As it would be in an environment where you're spending more time together and they're really seeing you, you know, operating in your family and, you know, all this. Um, they're kind of seeing one side of me, you know, they're seeing me removed from my home, removed from my relationship with my spouse. Cause one of them is a women's group removed from my kids, you know, removed from my daily life. And they're sort of just getting like the Diane that shows up for small group, you right. know, and, and it's, it is really me and I'm authentic. Right. It's just that it's such a small right. window into who I am. Um, and even after meeting for three years, I, I don't know that anybody would ever think that the reason I don't like paying taxes is tied to <laughs> my gift of generosity yeah. or if they even know I have a gift of generosity or if you know? they know that you hate taxes. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, so anyway, that's a little difference between community and connection. So all that to say is, you know, you might be part of a group and you might be experiencing some connection uh, and that's great. Yeah, like connection is good. It's great. We were designed for it. Yeah. So it's just different. Yeah. But if you're really longing mm-hmm. for um, more com- like actual community, like more of that like family feel, yeah. you know, biblical community, uh, what are some what are some steps and some thoughts on how somebody who's like, wow, I just that really hits me in my heart. Like I yeah. recognize that that's my design and I want that. I think that a simple, like practical way is to um, look for Christ in the people that you do see and you do connect with them. Mm-hmm. And anytime you're with another believer, like they are in Christ and you're in Christ. And even if they, you know, you're different or they don't maybe understand anything that you're going through, um, you can connect in Christ with them. And to go to a situation, if you're meeting a friend for coffee or getting together with other moms at the park, like, where is Christ in them? How do you see Christ working in them? And um, at the very least, it's encouraging right. um, to recognize Christ. And uh, the Christ in you will connect with the Christ in them. And even though you might not have that like deep commitment, covenantal church relationship, um, those little things are, are what make up the big thing. Right. And they can help get you through. Yeah. One of the, one of the pictures that God gave me, for that was the idea of a garden. Like I look at, you know, I want, I want good things to grow in my garden. And he said, but if you, if you don't do anything, you're only going to get things you don't want growing in there. I mean, I've never once planted a dandelion and yet for some (laughs) reason they are everywhere, although they are good in salad. (laughs) Um, (laughs) They're not bad. Dandelion weeds are pretty good. But anyway, if I'm trying to grow a garden and I want to grow specific things in it, I never have to try to get weeds in there. They do grow naturally just through neglect. So he said, treat anything in relationship like a garden. He said, if you don't do anything, you're probably just going to get the negative stuff. Um, So, but if you see something that you like the way it looks, that it's growing and you see life in it, he said, water it, take care of the soil, Mm -hmm. pull out the weeds and pulling out the weeds 
in my own blockades to intimacy and community. And that, that took some like self-awareness and some, you know, healing in my relationship with God and things like that. So get myself as healthy as I can be Mm -hmm. so that I can have community. Um, and you know, watering things that are life giving and growing plant, good seed, you know, um, things like that. So I wanted, there was something I wanted to share on the, the getting healthy part. Oh, what if you don't have a desire for community? Oh, that's a good thought. <laughs> like what? It, like okay, I think if someone doesn't have a desire for community, the very like I'm I'm happy in my smaller. I don't want anything else. They don't need to know my right. business. I think the very first place to start is your relationship with God. Yeah, because I would venture to say somebody that doesn't seek a lot of intimacy might be lacking some intimacy in their relationship with God, and probably has some fear that's going on yeah. there. Yeah, there's probably some blocks there. Yeah. Yeah. Which you have, you know, the choice if yeah. you, if you want to or not want to, but if you're, if you're sitting here listening to this and you're like, I've never actually wanted that. What are they talking about? Right. Um, I would still argue that you are designed for intimate, intimate community right? for sure with the Godhead and with the body. So if you don't have a desire for that, it's kind of like the fruits of the spirit. Like if you don't see them in your life, right. you know, they're indicating something and it's something that God is 100% willing to work through with you and is longing to do that because yeah. he loves to be intimate with his children and with his church. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. So, um, in closing, I just, look, did you have anything else you wanted to say before we closed out? No, I just have a desire to pray for everyone that might really be feeling like they yeah, want community. That's what I was thinking too. Like if you're listening to this and you're just, it's just stirring that ache inside and you know that you can't do it on your own. In fact, I know God has told me over and over again, I build my church, he says. Yeah. And so I really do, I can do my part. But uh, really, he has to do it. So, yeah, Corey, that would be great if you could just close us out by praying that over the people that are listening. Uh, I pray for everyone that has a desire for community that's walking through the desert alone and they are calling out uh, for a church, for a family. Lord, and uh, you hear those prayers, Lord, Mm -hmm. and I pray that they would be encouraged, that um, they would see you and what you're doing or that you would send them send them something to encourage them lord uh and that you would walk with them through this journey lord and that they would learn to uh rest in you lord and i pray that you would just continue to spread your revelation of truth about a community and connection and the church lord as you're already doing that you would just continue to spread that over the listeners and um all of the generations uh future as well in jesus name yeah. And I just want to add to that, uh, just praying over anybody that finds themselves in a community that yeah. uh, is kind of dysfunctional, um, that I just pray that they would have faith to believe you, God, for mm-hmm. better things and that they would uh, grow in their own self-awareness of anything that they can do differently, that they would pursue healing in those areas with you and that you would just give them great grace and great wisdom for dealing with those situations Mm -hmm. in Jesus name. Amen. Yeah. I think maybe we'll put a couple of uh, plugs in our, our little synopsis of this on the podcast listing, um, just of some tools that have been really valuable uh, for us to 
use as we pursued getting a little healthier in our own relationships, right? Yep. Check yeah. out the show notes. Yeah, show notes. And uh, also, eventually, we're going to put an email in there. If you guys have any questions or things that you want to uh, comment on, we'd love to hear from you. That's probably going to show up shortly after this episode. So <laughs> thanks again for joining us on today's episode of They Call It Church. <laughs>